Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Episode 192 of the Get Around Podcast. Getting closer and closer to uh, the big 200. What are we going to do for that one, James? I have no idea. I think we've got to get, like... we got to do something. Well... We did, like, a special double episode last time where we had, like, four guests. Well, I was thinking that we would have to... We'd have to get Brett back on. We obviously have to get Jake on for it. The one and only Jake Atnip. But other than that... I mean, do you think by... uh, We're going to do this Helmet Mayhem thing, right? We're talking about that. If Mm -hmm. we schedule it out, we might be able to announce the winner on the 200th episode, right? Maybe. Possibly, maybe. If we schedule... You're going to bring that one back. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so uh, welcome in. Episode 192, Get Around Podcast. Brendan Queeley, James Cook. No Andrew Rosenthal today. Uh, worked over the weekend, so we're giving him the the day off. Uh, and I'm sure he's probably happy about that. He doesn't have to spend an hour in a small room with me and you. Mm-hmm. Which is a bonus, I think, for anybody. Well, we've got a uh, fantastic show for you for episode 192. Like I said, as we're creeping closer to 200. Kansas! It's like he was here. It is. The spirit of Andrew Rosenthal is alive and well in the, the Get Around studio. Have you, ever heard, uh, have you ever heard Harrison's impression of Andrew? I have. I've heard... Harrison's impression of pretty much everyone, um, except for me. He says that I'm not really, except for my podcast persona. My podcast persona is worthy of an impression. Does he do one of me? You know what? I don't think he's ever done a James Cook impression. Oh, okay. I'm kind of okay with that. You're the. I was both okay with it and a little hurt when he told me that he doesn't really. That he doesn't have an impression of me other than my podcast. He does have. Um, some of the noises that I make while I play golf or if I'm watching sports or something like that, he'll, he'll do that. Um, this Saturday, he actually debuted to me his Ted Lasso impression, which nice. was uh, it was good. I'll give him that. It was pretty good. It took me a while to recognize what he was doing because I wasn't I'm just, are you just talking to me in a, a southern accent? Is that what's going on here? I don't understand this. I'm like, and then I was like, oh, that's right. You started watching Ted Lasso, and you love Ted Lasso, even though you shat on it um, with how much I – it's my show. Like, Ted mm-hmm. Lasso is – it is my show. I love it and adore it. It is my – now my number one of all time. be your Halloween costume? It is. Yeah. I kind of figured. I'm looking forward to, to for the first time since I was 19, I'm going to have no hair on my chin when I shave. All right. Just have the, the Ted Lasso mustache. Uh, I've only got to go out. i got to get um, a white visor, some sunglasses, and a whistle. Other than that, I've got, I bought actual, like, AFC Richmond pants and a hoodie. So I, I got, like, AFC Richmond gear, which is uh, exciting. I haven't really been excited for a Halloween costume before. Last year I went as, was it last year or two years ago? It must have been two years ago I went as Hopper from Stranger Things, which was, I mm-hmm. bought the... You did the Walking Dead one. I did. I did Negan. You did Negan, yeah. I did Negan. Uh, that was the first year that I was here, um, which just worked out perfectly because I had the leather jacket and I, I made my own Lucille, which was... Uh, 
which was cool. But yeah, last year I did Hopper, and I bought the... You've watched Stranger Things, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you know that, like, in season three, that, like, printed shirt that he wears? Like, the crazy, like, almost Hawaiian shirt? Mm -hmm. I was able to find that exact one online, and so I bought that um, and wore it. I wore that to the beach this year, actually, um, and Blake Hansen, former... Weather man for seven and four now down in Grand Rapids. Um, he he saw me wearing it and he goes, "Oh, I didn't know Tom Selleck was coming to the beach today." And I'm like, "All right, I knew I knew someone was going to say something if I wore a Hawaiian shirt to the beach. Anytime you try to do anything different, someone always says something, and I'm not going to let it deter me from wearing it in the future. You know what? I'll wear it next week in the podcast studio. How about that?" Um, are you doing anything for Halloween, Jimmy James? I'm not sure what I had thought about since I was letting my hair grow, just letting it go until the end of the end of you know October, and going as the dude again, but without having to wear a wig. Yeah, and then cut my hair. You can you can actually dude it up, but I'm not sure. We're gonna be gone that weekend out of town, so I don't know that we're gonna you know crawl around on in Ann Arbor in, a, in costume. <laughs> How many times that, that have you weekend? been a dude for Halloween? Like three. Okay. What was your, uh, I think when I was younger, I think I was like, I know I was the Flash for at least two Halloweens in a row, and then I'm pretty sure I was just a big giant spider for like maybe two or three Halloweens in a row. Do you remember like your go-to Halloween costume when you were a kid? Oh man, when I was a kid, I remember like when I'm, when my parents dressed me up. You know, I did like the, you know, like the ghost, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. You know, we always it was never anything store bought. Usually, it was always something made yeah, to be I, cheap. Yep. Yeah, my mom made my flash costume out of like all felt, again, like used a um, a sewing machine and made it all yeah. and. Looked pretty legit, actually. I think there's a photo of me floating around in my family of me like a, a scarecrow. I think one year. Okay. Um, and that was pretty uncomfortable because I think it had real straw <laughs> uh, sticking out of like you know the end of you know, sleeves and stuff. Yeah, that sounds uncomfortable. But I mean, are like, is there ever really a comfortable Halloween costume? Other than the dude, I guess, which is just a bathrobe. Yeah, I just walk around in shorts and a bathrobe yeah, and a t-shirt. Yeah, that's pretty comfortable. That's actually, that's that's a, a good... I had to have the wig on, though. Yeah, which, which isn't comfortable. Which is not comfortable. Right? I feel this year, it's, um, for me, it's going to be pretty comfortable. You know, pants and a hoodie seems all right. I wonder if Harrison, though, does an impression of me, but it's just not loud enough for anyone to hear. You think? Because I don't ever speak loud enough during See, the podcast. Your audio's been good since I've been back. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So, last year, uh, or well, well, not last year, two years ago, I think I I went as Brockmire. Yeah, that opening scene of Brockmire is still one of my favorite scenes in television history. His meltdown is just so damn funny. Yeah, I just I just love it. And then Harrison had us on TV and had us wear our costumes. Right, because Jake and went as Jake, Buddy the Elf. Jake went as Buddy the Elf, and I had and uh, I had the whiskey glass with me, and he was like, well, you can't go on TV with the whiskey glass. I didn't have anything in it. I just had a whiskey glass Yeah, and everything. But I had, like, the microphone, the, the suit coat. Isn't and, and the microphone everything. still in the studio somewhere? Yeah, I think it's in that box down there. Okay, yeah. 
Well, episode 192 of The Get Around is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. See, look at this. James is like, we're three episodes into me being back on the podcast, and, and you've already got it. If you haven't tuned out yet from our conversation, uh, stay tuned in. This is a great episode, and I say that knowing that we haven't even recorded the majority of the episode yet, but it's great for one reason. Uh, I think we had probably one of the best athlete interviews that this podcast has had, uh, at least in the first 192 episodes. We have Kevin Hubble from Benzie Central, the man of the 16 goals setting state and national records last week. Uh, we had him on Friday uh, before his game against Traverse City Christian, uh, in which he went scoreless, actually. Uh, other than he had an assist. He assisted on the one goal he they had. He had an assist yeah. on the goal, but uh, in, in terms of goals, he, he didn't have any. But what's crazy is between that game and the other game, he was still averaging eight goals a game. <laughs> so not a bad correct. Not a bad uh, goals per game average. Eight and a half points. He's he's great, uh, really uh, you know insightful, honest kid. Also, um, fairly decent voice. We'll yeah. say. I mean, stick around until the end of the interview when he, he he sings a little bit. First time we've had a guest sing on the podcast, which is momentous. We should have saved that for episode two hundred, but I'll take it for episode one ninety two. Yep, we got to get it out there when we can. So speaking of him, I I want to bring this up because his sixteen goals while incredible, also created some backlash that... Yeah, it caused a stir. It did. And quickly, we found out. Mm -hmm. Because that was Thursday night, right? Was that Wednesday or Thursday night? Yeah, I believe it was... Wednesday? Might have been Wednesday. Whatever day it was, it caused a stir immediately when we put the story online. And we had people who were... Yeah, it was last Wednesday night. Okay. We had people who were quite upset about it um talk about poor sportsmanship you know the final score against um uh, it was benzie central versus kingsley the final score was 17 to nothing kevin scored 16 of the 17 goals and did he assist on the other one too or was he out he did not i I think he did not steve Barron scored the other one okay and there was you know that talk about was this poor sportsmanship uh, is this something that should have been allowed to happen? Why did this happen? You know, was it really necessary? And I can see both sides of it. And I think, I think most people, if they step back, can see both sides of it and say, a kid breaking state and national records is really cool. It really is. Like, yeah. records are in sports. They are meant to be broken. That's why they're set. And you'll even hear Kevin say it. I ask him, I say, do you want your record broken someday? And he says, yes. Mm-hmm. Because that's... And I think most people, if you had asked them, if, if they would have an opportunity to set a record like this, they would do it. You know, to get this kind of attention, publicity, get your name put in the MHSA record books. The, the national record book because I think it would be the normal inclination for just about anybody to say, "Yeah, I'd do that." Yeah, especially when he had the support of his team. Yeah, which, which is a big part of this too, is that he wasn't just taking this on, going, 
you know, I'm scoring every single goal. He wasn't, you know, season one Jamie Tart and Ted Lasso, which you don't probably get that reference because you haven't seen it. I yet. haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to. You're missing out. I have. I'm not gonna say that. I, I have a copy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bootleg. You know, he had the support of his teammates and his coaches and fans. So why not? What's what's the harm in in setting a record? Because I don't think any of us are talking about Kingsley in a way and saying, wow, what an absolute embarrassment. No one's saying that. Right. No, I don't think anyone's making fun of Kingsley. I think some no. of the people in Kingsley think that that was the case, but I don't... Yeah, I think they just saw an opportunity and ran with it. It didn't matter whether it was going to be what team it was. If, you know, if, if they saw an opportunity, they had played this team earlier in the season, and I, you know, I think they just were like, you know, we play them again at home, and... That could be a good opportunity. Yeah. So let's go for it. I mean, in... Nobody is making fun of Kingsley. They've had some decent, pretty decent soccer players come out of there. And just recently, you know, the Martell kid went on to play college soccer and stuff. So I don't think people are making fun of Kingsley. I think they may, they may be taking it that way, but I don't think that's the case. It's also one game. And you hear coaches talk about that a lot, right? Either after a win or a loss. They'll say, it's just one game. It's just one game of our season. It does not matter that we lost by 1 or 17. A loss is a loss. Or it doesn't matter if we won by 1 or 17. A win is a win. Okay? Tim Moore said the same thing to me after the Kingsley game, after they, the Kingsley football game, after they beat Grayling 24-20. to He's like, at this point, it doesn't matter that we won by 4 or 40. We won the game. And the Kingsley football team has had, I think, about three games this season that they've won by 40 or 50. Right. So it's not like it hasn't happened in the, the other way around. And there is that question, too. You know, was this, was this running up the score, poor sportsmanship, or was this going after a state and a national record? There's a difference there, I feel like, right? If it was... If there was no if there were no records here at stake, right? And it was 16 to nothing or 17 to nothing, then you could start having questions about running up the score, sportsmanship, uh and class as a high school sports program. But mm-hmm. I think the records going after them, uh, you know, chasing that I think it gives some permission yeah, and the other interesting thing that we have not heard anything about, so you got to kind of assume with, with this backlash that has come from this that, it, that it's not even out there, is that nobody's saying that he was a jerk during this. He was just scoring goals. He wasn't being mean to anybody or rubbing it in anybody's face or you know doing it in a, a bad manner. He was just scoring goals. I mean, so... It, until somebody tells me otherwise, I'm going to assume that that didn't happen because people have complained about this in several different ways, but not that way. Do you think that um, Chris Batchelder, the coach for Benzie, do you think he was worried about backlash that 
either Kevin might face or he might face or his team might face or the school district might face? I, I asked him that uh, on, on Facebook a day or two after this happened, and he, you know, he said, yes, there's been some backlash and there's been some complaining from people, but, uh, you know, he, he said all this publicity for Kevin is worth it. That, that's, that's what he said. You know, so he doesn't seem too, too concerned about this. And, you know, this is his second go-around as the coach at, at Benzie, so he's, he's been around for a while, done this a little bit. And, you know, to get, to get a kid from up here some extra recruiting uh, publicity, you know, I think from his standpoint, he's like, you know, I want I want this kid of of mine that I'm coaching to to go and do as as well as he can at the college level and get as big of a school or as good of a fit as possible. And getting more publicity only helps that. Well, we'd like to hear from you guys. We'd like to hear from the listeners. Hear what you think. Um, we've heard from some already who were upset simply by us writing about it um, and, and not addressing sportsmanship within uh, that first article. The plan is to do that this week and do a deeper dive on this situation, what it means, and get thoughts from Kevin and Chris and other soccer coaches and players and, and really figure out where this all lands because I know where I land on it. James, I'm pretty sure I know where you land on it. Um, but uh, listeners out there, we'd like to know where you land on it too and um, what your thoughts are. So feel free to reach out, you know, either via email or Facebook or, or Twitter and, and just let us know. Well, with that said, why don't we go ahead and get into our conversation with Kevin. Uh, like I said, he was nice enough to come in here and sit down with us for about 20 minutes before his game on Friday. Great conversation. Um, really, really recommend listening to the whole thing. Um, so let's go ahead and get into that interview right now. So I want to welcome in Kevin Hubble of the 16 goals in a single game from Benzie Central here in the Get Around Podcast Studio. Thanks for uh, jumping in. Appreciate it, especially coming in. We're recording this right before you play TC Christian. How many uh, goals you plan on scoring tonight? Uh, 17? Maybe. Yeah, I'll I'll try to beat the record (laughs) again. No, uh, hoping for three at least. Well, we appreciate you being in here. Usually we start with something called the Freaky Fast Five. We're going to skip that because I just want to talk to you about your performance. Uh, but this uh, portion of the podcast is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Uh, Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast. Freaky, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. So, 16 goals. It's nuts. Obviously never been done before unless some junior league or whatever. There were 13 in an international friendly. Australia against uh, American Samoa by a single player. Was but. this a 
Was this a possibility going in? Did you know going into this game that you were looking at breaking the state record or the national record? Was that something you were looking at? So at the beginning of the season, I had like one goal in mind is to break at least one record somehow. Um, and I had, I, I was going for most consecutive hat tricks at first, and then I had eight in a row, and then that dropped. And then... What is the record for consecutive hat tricks? For state, it was nine. Oh. I got eight. Okay. And then, well, yeah, I got eight, but it's third in the nation for most consecutive hat tricks, which is still pretty cool. Because the top two people have nine, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted at least one record, and I just go into every game thinking, I'm going to try to get as many goals as possible. And when I scored eight goals in the first ten minutes, my coach looked at me and he's like, the national record's 14. And I was like, I did not know that at all. And uh, I just went for it and boom, 16 vent in the back of the net. What was it like being out there? Like, were you playing by yourself? What was going on? No, um, my, my teammates were like super, super supportive of it. Like, they wanted me to get it more than like I did. Uh, they just kept passing me the ball, giving me through balls, and uh, I just had 1v1s with the keeper, 1v1s with the defender, and then I'd put it past the keeper. But um, the crowd as well was super supportive. So, I mean, I didn't feel alone. I felt like that was like a team thing. Yeah. And Steven, uh, what's forget for Baron. Steven Barron? Yeah. He, I know he works for the Pittsburghers. That's how I know him. But um, he had four assists and a goal in that game too, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, and his goal was really nice. It was like 30 yards out, top ends. Did you assist on that one? No, I was sitting. I was sitting. <laughs> of the 16, which was the most memorable? Um, Is it Was it the record breaker? It was either the record breaker or my free kick. How when far I, was that? 25, okay. 22. I usually don't remember a lot of my goals because I get into like, like this zone. Because you I'm score just, so many. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, nice humble brag no, there. Not that. Uh, I get into like this zone where I just like don't think what I do and just like pure instinct. So like I don't really remember like like any of my goals ex- unless like set pieces. So the most memorable would definitely be, like the free kick or the the, the record breaking goal. I don't think people realize how tough set piece goals are when you're going up against. It's eleven different defenders. Once, how many? How many of those do you usually score? PKs I usually put put away, but uh, my free kicks aren't the best. And I was, I was a little surprised that I actually made that, but um, I just placed it in a good spot, and the keeper struggled to get it. So, now you just set the record. Obviously, do you hope it gets broken one day? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Not soon, obviously, but... <laughs> unless well, it's by you. Yeah, unless it's by <laughs> me, then yeah, but um, definitely not soon. Uh, but I just hope <clears> so, and puts maybe 17 in on one game and gets the recognition that they they want or deserve. Are you going to shoot for the most goals in a season? Is that also a goal? Uh, yeah, so I have 52 goals in 12 games, so I'm only guaranteed about 17 games, so I have five games left. Okay. So I don't know if that's a possibility or not, depending on how far we go in districts, but that's for sure when you, I'm, I'm aiming for. When you were younger, did you look up to guys like Casey Townsend at Traverse City West? I, I would say no, because I wasn't. I was more focused on Benzie. Like when I was little, I didn't even know about travel or anything like that. I I'm, I'm mostly looked up to my, my older brother, who, I mean, pushed me for all this. And that's the first person I called after the... The, the record you know he, he actually called me first but I just thanked him and I was like thank you so much for pushing me I was little and like getting me in the sport and like you sparked something that turned into like 
a huge passion of mine and like I don't know what I'd do without it. Yeah. So so who broke your hat trick streak? Uh, what team was Glenn it? Glen Lake. Glen Lake. He mercyed us 8-0. Okay. Yeah. So Kingsley can blame Glen Lake. They are a big team. Yeah. I have a couple buddies on there, so I wasn't too upset. But so Kingsley can blame Glen Lake because yeah. then because that record was out the window, so you had to go after another <laughs> <Yeah>. record. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and so have you gotten any reactions from people from Kingsley? I have. None of. I don't think any of the players. Um, you know that it's caused a stir, right? Yeah. You know that yep. <clears throat> there was, I I mean, we hear rumors of a meeting of the athletic directors from the Northwest Conference. Um, I have gotten phone calls from certain school officials yep. and others, and I, I've talked. Are you surprised by the backlash to something that's pretty cool? Uh, a little bit, honestly. I uh, I got immense, immense support from like so many peers and kids from other schools, other soccer players from downstate, my family, friends. I got so much, so much support. But I look on Facebook or I look under the Michigan soccer page, and there's just like some like criticizing comments, and I'm like, oh, all right, that's fair. And I look on Facebook, and there's just uh, never just, go to Facebook, man. Yeah, don't I know. Do it. Never read the comment section. I no, but <laughs> I I don't like. I know people hate my articles. I know people hate my articles. I know people don't like things that I write. I cannot remember the last time that I read a Facebook comment. Rookie mistake, I guess. But, never uh, check your email too. <laughs> no, I go I go under the comments. I'm like I I just want to check everything out. Um, just like some some hate comments. I was like. I don't know. I just, and there was some under my post as well. I just deleted. Uh, but yeah, it's just, just a lot of. If uh, I could play therapist for a second, how does that make you feel? Um, honestly, <laughs> uh, not too bad because I've been criticized so, so much. Like this isn't really, uh, that big of a deal to me, but it's more like, I wish just more people were like happy, I guess for it. Um, or like just cool that it happened here, you know? But it's it's honestly not that big of a deal. I I I sort of understand where where some of them are coming from, but at the same time, it's it's a national record, so I just I had to shoot for it. Did you think about a possible negative reaction when this was going on, or were you just like in the moment and celebrating and and really living it up? I hope you were doing that. Yeah, I was I was for sure um, just shocked at the time, and like I was just saying thank you to the, to the ones that needed to be thanked. Um, my parents and my brother. That was the first thing I did. I didn't think about anything else, um, none of the praise or none of the, the criticism that came my way. It was just mostly just like, wow, I just got a, a huge accomplishment. Um, I'm going to go thank my, my family first. And your coach told me, like, in previous games, that, you know, there's players that literally come up to you to shake your hand after the game. What are those moments like when is it just like a mutual respect sometimes? Uh yeah, it's it's definitely a mutual respect. Um just I I'm just super thankful that like I'm able to get those that praise from some of those kids. Uh just I'm I'm gl- I, I just love playing soccer and I'm just I'm glad I'm getting some recognition from it. Uh it's it's super nice to see, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> have the reactions that you've gotten have they pretty much always been at one end of the spectrum or the other? It's either somebody saying this is awesome or that they really don't like it. Uh, kinda. I know I've had some I've had some intermediate reactions. I've had somewhere like no hate to the kid, but you know why why they let this happen or anything like so stuff like that. But 
I mean, they've definitely been all over the spectrum. But a majority of it, I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, a majority of it has been praise, which I'm, like, super, super mm-hmm. grateful for. Uh, I thank everyone that's that congratulated me. I was super, super appreciative of everyone that's complimented me. Um, but, yeah, just a, a slim part of that was criticism. The yeah. story was picked up nationally. How does that feel? It wasn't just Northern Michigan that knew about it. It wasn't just Benzie. It wasn't just here. It wasn't just Michigan. It was the entire country because it's a national record. Has that sunk in? Um, not to the full extent, I'd say. I'm still, like, super shocked about it. Um, the first 10 minutes after the game, I'd, I was still shocked. I was like, what is going on? Like, I have a national record. I, I still didn't fully comprehend what that really meant, but I'm getting insta dms from kids in like north carolina and stuff and like wow like you're nuts or stuff like that uh i just think it's crazy like just some kid from northern michigan who goes to a little small school is getting all this uh recognition i guess mm-hmm. feeling well, like feeling like hunter jones <laughs> yeah okay <it's> like, <laughs> didn't hunter break the sophomore record for Indoor mile like uh, last year, I think so. Or he yeah. like won. He won like some nat- indoor. Nat- it was Adidas yeah. Nationals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He it, won that. So there's two national record yeah, holders yeah. at NC Central. That, that's what all my uh, all my friends are making jokes about at school. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> What's your conditioning level compared to to Hunter? What do uh, you think? I don't know what he runs. It's pretty low, like fourteen something. I think. Maybe I could be wrong, but I ran an. 5k in sophomore freshman or sophomore year got an 18 15 so that there's the comparison i guess um that's still pretty darn quick yeah <laughs> yeah uh no soccer for sure is it i mean it depends depending on what position you play midfield you need you need some cross-country conditioning for sure uh that's just a ton of running back and forth on the field and you got to take into account like doing moves and like playing defense and all that isn't it the stat that an average midfielder Average midfielder runs five miles a game. Yeah, it's like five or six, and that's just depending on what, like, what type of play style your team runs. What sport do you think you'd play if you weren't a soccer player? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, that's what I get paid for, man. Ask the tough <laughs> questions. I think like <laughs> volleyball or tennis. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I've played tennis a couple times. Like, do you enjoy it? And then volleyball as well. Like, I, I think it's pretty fun. I play basketball as well, but I'm not too good at that. So better with your feet than you are with your hands. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. You could go out for the cheerleading team, like you. Uh, oh, you post for that, that photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, who's, whose idea was that? Uh, that wait, was... wait, hold on. What is the? I don't, I don't know about this cheerleading. <laughs> so photo. it was last week at homecoming. Yeah. Right? So we had like a Hoko week, and every year we'll have like a Potter Puff game for the girls that they'll play football, and usually some of the senior boys dress up as cheerleaders and cheer them on. That's that's what I did. So it was him and Quinn Zickert and Chaz Grundy. Yeah, yeah. Were you guys rocking the skirts and the? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. All right. The whole the whole the whole charade. We even ran for a halftime show. We ran a a four by one against the junior cheerleading squad. See, that's that takes confidence. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the picture right now. For those uh, listening, obviously can't see it. I just saw the picture. Yeah, yeah. It looked great. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> he pulled it off. Yeah. We also saw on Twitter your goals with the ODP. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about what your experience has been with that last couple of summers? Oh, uh, ODP has just been great. Um, so for the past three years, I've been invited to the national ODP tryouts down in Florida. 
And that's I, at IMG? It, it was the first year, or like two years ago. It was at IMG. And then the following year was going to be, I think, at the ESPN National Complex, whatever that is. But then it got canceled due to COVID. And then this year, it's in Orlando somewhere. Um, I forgot the place. Uh, I'm going down to that in November, November 16th to the 20th. And, like, just it's it's so crucial for me um, or anyone that lives in a, a, a rural area because it allows you, like, stand out and talk to college coaches. I mean, my previous last three coaches were D1 college coaches. And it allows you to get exposure if you're really good and you're not able to play for, like, some DA academy downstate or play for some big high school and stuff like that. So I've just been doing that for the past five years, and it just helped a ton. Do you expect the record to get you more exposure as well? I mean, it seems like a really dumb question when I just said it out loud. Of course it got you more exposure. But in terms of being recruited, uh, I believe you've got an offer from Detroit Mercy. Is that correct? Yeah, I have a full ride offer from Detroit Mercy and then... Uh, I had a three-day official visit with Oakland, which looks pretty promising. And then I have a couple D, uh, other D1 schools that I'm talking to, um, and then D2 and D3. Um, but for sure, that's definitely going put to a, put a target on me, I guess. What, so what has been, you, you said you watched or look at some of the comments or whatever. What's the, what's the most positive, best comment that you saw from somebody that you don't know? And like, what's the one on the, on the other end of the spectrum that you're just like, what the heck, man? Uh, so the most positive one, I don't know, remember who it was, but they were just like, congratulations. This is huge. Like, con- like congrats. This is like amazing. Uh, I had my cousin, he put on a whole essay for me he said congrats and like don't listen to the haters and all that and stuff and then I had a a couple other emails from from some some principals and athletic directors and stuff like that like congrats and like people are definitely upset about it but just try to keep doing you and then on the other side of the spectrum uh I had just some people think just say I'm, I'm not a good player or just uh, that the achievement was meh or okay or subpar, I guess. And then do you think, hey, you're adults? That's that's exactly. You're adults. I I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm, you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, just be like, hey, hey, I'm a, I'm a kid. I'm playing a kid's game. Yeah. Uh, you I, are an adult. I was gonna bring that up. Uh, I was Leave looking, me I, alone. Exactly. I'm 17 <laughs> years old, and they're on Facebook. You know, refreshing the. The, the post, seeing what they can put on there, and they're 60-plus, 80-plus, you know. And I'm like, well, it's, you know. Find something better to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Records but, are made to be broken. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> right, and it's not, I think we've had this discussion. I would imagine that the record that was set, it might have been, the previous record was probably set in a very similar fashion. Yeah, yeah, most likely. So. I mean, the guy that broke it at Michigan went on to play at Michigan State, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the first comments I think early, like right away when we posted the story, was was some person who was like, "Why couldn't you let some of the other kids on your team score goals and everything?" And, and, but not any concern about Kingsley. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I which did, is I, which I, I, I thought was odd. Uh, I thought was odd. But you said that like the whole team was right there behind you. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't just like me being greedy and being like, "I'm going to get this no matter what." Like, yeah. you guys can do your thing. No, it was. I had immense, immense support from my teammates who just said, like, we want you to get this record. Like, you worked so hard for this. Like, 
the entire season. Like, we want you to get something that you can just say that you have. And uh, that's that. That's also what's frustrating is not everyone knows the full story mm-hmm. or, like, what happens behind the scenes, what I've done previously. They just mm-hmm. base me off this one <clears throat> one news article or one, one achievement. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So what's next? Next, hopefully win districts. That's what I'm... That's what I'm striving for. Uh, after that, hopefully I make the uh, national ODP team down in Florida. And then if I make that, we get to go like to Europe to play some, some teams there, which would be just an experience and a half. And then hopefully commit around spring, or around spring winter to some, one of my preferred schools. You talked about how much you love the game. Why? That's all I've really ever known since I was little. My mom's Colombian, and that side of the family goes pretty, pretty bonkers with soccer. Um, I'd visit, and then we'd play soccer. We'd watch games at home. My brother and my sister would play with me. My brother would have a game on. Uh, my parents have been super supportive, so they put me in like the little 4-H kids soccer program. And uh, I'd say a majority of it is because of my brother. That was something we really bonded over, and we connected over, and we'd, we'd be able to do any time, you know. Uh, it also put like a sense of competition for me to strive to beat them, and uh, I guess that like fueled me when I was super little. And uh, once I was, you know, got some of the accomplishments that I have, I felt pretty, pretty proud and like super happy that my brother was proud for me. So definitely, just like family, was what really started it. Yeah, just talk a little bit about what you guys do on the bus on road trips. Coach was telling me a bit about this. He called you guys a boy band. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> that's so is funny. this more embarrassing than cheerleading outfits? Uh, mm, wow. Okay. Maybe. maybe. All right. Um, so, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get on the bus and then we have a designated song that we play every single time. That's just tradition. Uh, do you know "Hey There Delilah" by Plain White Tees? I White do. Tees? Yep. Hey we there, put, Delilah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, we put that on the speaker and we all sing along, and that's kind of like that that bonding song that we all have. Um, so can you let us out with the chorus? Uh, hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Well, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much. Uh, you're a great sport. Thanks for coming in. Really, really appreciate it. Congrats on the record, um, and congrats on, on everything else. Uh, good luck in your game tonight against TC Christian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Once again, our big thanks to Kevin Hubble coming in from Benzie Central, sitting down in the Get Around studio, uh, chatting with myself, James, and Andrew. Really appreciate it. That interview, again, brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations, Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freaky, yeah. All right. Now, let's get into the Hall of Fame and continue our Kevin Hubble conversation. This is the Kevin Hubble episode, obviously. So, our candidates this week for the hall of fame we've got three that we're going to put up obviously let's kevin is going to be one of them said he had 16 goals and a 17 and nothing victory against kingsley that set state and national records um it was a 19 year 19 year old u.s high school record previously held by 
Dale Self uh, from Sumter, South Carolina. He had 14 goals. That was in 2002. And then the Michigan record was held by Carl Trost of Sheboygan, who scored 10 goals in a game against East Jordan in 2003. James, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us our, our last two candidates? You've got Frankfurt football's Nick Stevenson, uh, a transfer from Benzie Central to keep the Benzie theme going. Uh, he uh, threw the game-winning 57-yard touchdown pass to Jared Cox with two and a half minutes to go in a win over Glen Lake, 28-22, and then with 45 seconds left, intercepted a pass in the end zone to preserve that victory. Huge. Two huge plays. Uh, the other one is Traverse City West Volleyball's Becky Lane. 18 kills, 16 digs, and two assists, and a 3-1 victory against Traverse City Central on the road. And, uh, and she really sparked their, their win in that fourth and deciding game. Yeah, I was, I was there for that. She, she showed out like, in that fourth game. Like, just really was just blowing things up. So. And her celebration game is good on point. Yes. Yeah, love a good volleyball celebration. Love it. I think we go Hubble though. I think it's pretty to much keep a gimme. The theme. I think it's pretty much a gimme. You know, I feel bad for Nick and Becky, but I imagine they'll be back at some point um, in the Hall of Fame. But I think if you set a state and national record, and we don't give you athlete of the week, we don't induct you into the Get Around Hall of Fame. I feel like that's making yeah. this. What, what are we doing? Yeah. Why are we here? Yeah. So congratulations, Kevin. Uh, you are the latest inductee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Now, before we get into the trifecta, uh, what I would like to do is real quick uh, mention a couple of things that we have coming up. Debuting on Friday, two things, two big changes here. Uh, very exciting stuff. The Get Around Film Study, our new podcast uh, in which we basically just sit down and talk about a sports movie for, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, really, really looking forward to that. We're recording our first episode on Tuesday. It will be out Friday. Uh, we have decided that we're going to do the winner of the sports movie Madness that we had, uh, the bracket challenge that we had, what, a couple years ago, I think, when I was still on the pod. So it had to be like Three and a half, four years ago at this point. I don't know that it was that was it that long ago. Two years. Yeah, something like that. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so the winner of that was Remember the Titans. So we've decided that that's going to be the first movie that we talk about. Um, looking really looking forward to that. And then also debuting on Friday, possibly. Again, we has to we still got to work that out uh, and figure out. But um, our football helmet mayhem, uh, our bracket challenge there as well, um, in which we are going to be putting it out to the public to vote for the best football helmet in the area. All right, let's get into the trifecta then. This was, we've got the playoffs coming up for baseball, um, and, and football's now in full swing, and hockey, basketball starting up pretty soon. And so this was just, it kind of popped into my head, and I was curious to know where you sit on this, James. If you had to pick a championship winning moment to either be the one who wins the championship wins the title or you're there to experience it as a fan and see it so our choices are walk-off homer in the world series buzzer beater in the nba finals hail mary catch in the super bowl sudden death overtime goal in the stanley cup 
a free kick and extra time of the World Cup, or I'll leave other as an open one. If we want to throw like NASCAR or diving in there, Olympic gold medal. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean you were a wrestler. Of, of those of those options, I think I would go with the walk off homer in Game Seven or whatever, deciding game in in the World Series. And I guess the reason why I would go for that is because the other ones you get mobbed immediately. There's no, you get nothing to celebrate before somebody runs you over. I love this line of thinking. This is so good. Continue, James. Because then you get to walk, you get to go around the bases at your own pace. Yeah, you can soak and, in and your then, moment. Yeah, and then you get mobbed as you cross home plate, and hopefully don't break your ankle or whatever like that one guy did yeah i i that's a such a great point because i think i'm right there with you i i mean baseball is my sport i love baseball more than any other sport uh as from a a fan perspective we talked about this last week as Mm -hmm. uh, as a you know journalists sports writers what sports we love covering uh and we love covering them all um but you know, I, I think I said last week that I love covering boys basketball and softball. Both of those are are, are great to cover. Um, but as a fan, yeah, baseball is my is my bread and butter. So I would also go uh, a walk off homer in the World Series. And, and, and the World think, Series locker room afterwards seems like wild. seems like the most fun celebration of those. Yes, I think. Although it would be cool to then immediately after winning a game. To, to skate around the rink with the Stanley Cup. Yeah. That would kind of be a close second as far as having your time to kind of soak it in. But yeah. that would but there would be a delay in between. I've I've been pretty lucky as a Chicago sports fan. I've seen not to win the World Series, but I saw Scott Pitsednik in the 05 World Series with the White Sox uh, in, in game two hit a walk off to win. Uh, I saw Patrick Kane score a goal in OT to uh, win the Stanley Cup. It wasn't a buzzer beater, but Jordan's final shot over Byron Scott, um, I'm sorry, Byron Russell, uh, mm-hmm. in the, the 98 NBA Finals um, was pretty fantastic. Um, but I, haven't, I don't think there has ever been a Hail Mary catch in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't remember one. Not a, not not a game winner. There might you know, be might have been one like at the end of the first half or the, something. The most but. famous hail mary is Flutie's for Boston College. Doug Flutie's for Boston College. That's, um, mm-hmm. or the fail mary. What was the, the fail where, mary? The one where the referees botched it and he didn't really catch the ball. I don't know that, this that, one. That was it. Happened in a. It happened in a game the the year that the referees were striking. Oh yeah, and that was the, it was the Seahawks versus the the Packers, and the the Seahawks won a game on a hail mary, very controversial. Where it was Golden Tate who caught it, who would then go on to play for the Lions against the Packers all the time, and and that created just a bunch of memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that met, that missed call. and within a, and within a week the NFL just capitulated and gave the referees <laughs> what they wanted yeah <laughs> and the and the regular refs were back buzzer beater in the NBA finals would be pretty cool definitely like, especially in a game clinching game and series I, I, clinching game yeah and I would imagine like 
just like hitting a walk-off home run, when it happens, things slow down, right? Like you release that ball and you can just see every revolution as it's going. Which one would you want to witness the most? I also would go walk-off homer to win the World Series. Because that is a, like, the baseball playoffs are wild. And, yeah, and such a long thing and, like, so much... So much is so much it'll build up. up for such a long time. Yeah, that there's just a gigantic release of yeah all these emotions all at once. Yeah, I think like a baseball stadium in the playoffs when it's rocking, it is like it is rocking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm picking a walk off homer for both. Both one that I would want to experience myself and then experience as a fan. Mm. I, I went to a World Series game once, and yeah, it was crazy. I mean, and, and, and I was sitting in standing room only seats, and it was still people who don't know each other at all, high fiving, and everything. And the Tigers didn't end up winning this game, but during the game when they were still in it, you know, people were high fiving, celebrating, mingling, everything. Well, that Maglio Ordonia, uh, Ordonia's homer is. Oh yeah, that walk off one to win the ALCS. Yeah, that that is one of the like. If you need goosebumps, right, just look that up on YouTube and watch that because it mm-hmm. is such a, I mean, such an incredible moment. And that's coming from a White Sox fan who, he who, left. Was, who was a huge Mags fan. I loved Mags when he was with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to have a pen. Uh, some, I think it was my mom gave me a pen that had, that when you would hit the thing, it would do the call from Maglio's home run. I had the same thing. I definitely brought this up on the podcast before. I had a pizza cutter that when you <laughs> use the pizza cutter, it played the final out of the White Sox World Series win. Nice. Um, I don't have it anymore. I'm sure it's somewhere at my parents' house, but yeah. I bought so much bad merchandise when the White Sox won the World Series. What's your... Mm-hmm. I would say that's probably... That might be a good trifecta for another another episode. But that's probably my most ridiculous piece of sports memorabilia would be that pizza cutter. Mm-hmm. What do you think yours would be? Mm, I'm trying to think. I remember the, the, all World, your- the World Series game that I went to, they had a giveaway where they gave... And this was brand new at the time... They gave you an XM radio. They gave you a satellite radio? They, they gave you this, the, the radio thing itself. You had to pay, for, it had like a free couple months or whatever subscription with it too. And that was, that was the giveaway at the World Series game. Wow. I'm not sure if I still have it though. Because <laughs> my car has it installed now. But that would maybe go for the weirdest yeah, I have a sandwich bag full of confetti from the White Sox World Series parade that I scooped up off the street. Um, that's also that was just a weird thing to do in general. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically like hey, I'm going to pick up garbage off the street, put it in this bag, and keep it forever. Yeah, I have I have dirt from the Field of Dreams. Oh, do you really? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, me and a buddy of mine went and played catch the in the Field of Dreams, and Did you, you can you can buy little vials of dirt. Oh, from, nice! From the did you ask him? Did you did you say you want to have a catch? And then did you also cry? There was like moment? there was like hardly there wasn't anybody there. Really? Basically. Yeah, it was just it's just a house, and then this field, 
and well, now it's something a more souvenir stay, stand like by the house, and I don't know. This is like 15 years ago. Yeah, I think it's going to become a, a much bigger destination spot now with the MLB having games there every single year, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's not the White Sox and the Yankees every single year is so dumb. I mean, at the very least, it should be the White Sox every single year. I mean, that's the team that the movie's about. Like, it doesn't make... Next year is the Cubs and the Reds. Why? Why is it the Cubs? Because they're old, original teams, I guess. But it uh, doesn't make any sense to me. I don't normally like to get upset about these types of things because, like, I don't need my blood pressure to be any higher than it is. But, like, the... it's well, it'd almost like, insulting. It'd, it'd be like boring it's, if the Winter Classic with the same two teams every year. Okay, that's... I get that. Okay, but it should be the White Sox every single year. The movie is about the White Sox. Well, the White Sox can have a presence there, maybe. Uh, but to automatically get to play in it, it would just get repetitive and boring. Which everything does. Everything eventually gets repetitive and boring. Like, they're not going to be able to top what they did this year with the Field of Dreams game. Not going to be able to do it. That was probably one of the coolest baseball things, regular season baseball things that I've seen. Okay. Really awesome. Well, they don't ruin it by having a second one that's not as fun. That's what they're going to do with the Cubs and the Reds. It doesn't make even if sense. It was the, even if it was the White Sox, it wouldn't be as good as the first one, correct? Correct. So well, I got nowhere to go from there. Let's just end the episode, James. Let's just wrap up episode 192 with you being right. How does that sound? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, it has been uh, been a pleasure once again. Episode 192 of the Get Around Podcast. Uh, had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with our guest on Friday. I had a lot of fun in here on Monday recording the episode. Uh, James, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Make sure that you check out coming this Friday. Again, we've got the Get Around Film Study, our new podcast, and Helmet Mayhem, uh, our bracket challenge for the best high school football helmet in northern Michigan. For James Cook, I am Brendan Queeley. You have been listening to the Get Around Podcast. Thanks for sticking around.